morning. Um, I wanted to uh, make mention of our su summer serve challenge. And um, we're going to need help during the summer. We love to give, uh, we have people who every Sunday serve. Every Sunday make it possible for us to do the things that we do. And, um, and we're asking everyone to serve one Sunday during the summer. Just one Sunday. And uh, do you have your, your, everybody have your card with you? If you don't have one um, in the back of your seat, everybody, would you, um, can I ask you to fill that out? Um, if you fill out the, the top and you don't know what ministry to serve in, uh, leave it blank. And that means you're willing to serve anywhere. And uh, we'll help you out. We'll help you find something. And, uh, and that'll be fine. Okay? That, that's, that's easy too. So if you'll do that, and we'll work with you on what Sunday is best for you. We're just asking to serve one service, not even both services during this, that Sunday. So you can go to church and you can serve. And uh, you would help those who make sacrifices every week. Um, to serve uh, our, our church, and you'll help them with that. So I, I hope you'll, you'll join in with that. So, um, Father, we ask that you would give us wisdom and understanding today as we open your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in, um, in, in be, before there was GPS, one of the one of the most important things when you went into a town or a city is to know where the landmark was. The landmark is the, that place where it's usually, uh, you know, it's at the Eiffel Tower in, in France or, or, you know, or Big Ben in, in London. And, and uh, maybe it's Angel Stadium or Disneyland in Anaheim. But it, you, you can orientate yourself by knowing where the landmark is. And we don't use landmarks in that way anymore. Um, but the fact is there are not just uh, landmarks that, that are, you know, buildings and so forth. There are um, markers, landmarkers, that, uh, that are actually have to do with time. For instance, we would know this when we look at, you know, we talk about 1776 or 1972 or the year 2000. We have time markers in which certain things happened and we, we would, re, you know, relate that. Now, the biggest one, of course, is the birth of Jesus Christ. And we have, you know, B, BC and AD and we, we will... Obviously, we use that as a, you know, this is before Christ and this is after Christ. And it helps us, when you say that, to get, to, to get a whole time frame kind of in, in a category. It helps us to do that. A, a landmark is described as a prominent or well-known object in or feature of a particular landscape. An important or unique decision, event, fact, discovery, etc., according to Webster. Now, in the Bible, there is a landmark for future prophecy, the end times scenario that the Bible gives us. There's a landmark that when you see it, you can put things in front of it that the, that the Bible gives us and things behind it, and it helps you to get a... Um, to, to, to actually see how 
Scripture is kind of uh, the scenario of Scripture and how it works. That this is actually um, the, what the Bible describes as a cosmic event, or there is a cosmic event in the Scriptures. And um, I just call it cosmic clarity. See, cosmic clarity, because that cosmic event is about a landmark. It's about an event predicted in Scripture that clarifies the order of end times prophecy. And, uh, and as I was looking through Scripture, there was a, it was several years ago, about a decade ago, as I was trying to figure out um, not just what I had been taught, you know, um, when I was growing up in my faith about end times prophecy, but I was really trying to go to the root of everything. Like when someone said, this is the way it is because the Bible says that, I wanted to go and find that and I wanted to research it as far as I could to make sure that what they were telling me wasn't in fact just something that they had heard and passed it on. And, uh, and so I came across this, um, this event in in the storyline of of the Bible about end times things that kept showing up. And when I saw the event, I saw that it brought clarity to my understanding of the time frame. And so I've just called it, you know, cosmic clarity. And uh, it's an alignment key placed in plain sight in the scripture in order to eliminate the foggy confusion often brought by end times prophecy. And when I found it, it clarified things for me, but it also was unsettling in the sense that I know that as I've taught a few times on this subject, and I don't think I've ever taught it on a Sunday morning, only when we've done um, prophecy seminars and that kind of thing, and special times of that, um, that... um, that it becomes unsettling to, to individuals who have already kind of settled how it's supposed to go because they've heard it over and over again. But what cosmic clarity or this, this uh, cosmic event does, it, um, it, I believe it clarifies it in a sense that it's not something new. The end, the end of what it teaches us is not a new um, scenario, but it's probably not today, at least in Southern California, the most popular scenario. But it's not new by any chance. In fact, it's the oldest scenario that we have as far as um, the early church fathers holding on to this viewpoint that I am going to share with you. So um, we're going to look at this cosmic event. It shows up six times in the Bible. And uh, and when you see it, it's, it's amazing because it shows up in the Old Testament, in, uh, in Isaiah, and, and Daniel, and Joel. You see it in the New Testament. You see the, the New Testament writers and uh, talking about it. You see it in the book of Acts. You see it in uh, the book of Matthew, and, and Mark, and Luke. And you see this cosmic event um, spoken by Jesus as he defines what's coming down the road. And when I share it with you, when you see it, and if you're a Bible reader and you've been reading the scripture, you go, oh yeah, that's there. But right in plain sight, 
it is the event that helps us define the scenario or helps us define um, with clarity the, um, j- just how the scriptures align themselves in end times prophecy. So we're going to take a look at them today. And um, the scripture tells us to take heed, pay attention. So we're going to read and we're going to take a look at this cosmic event through the scripture and uh, we'll get as far as we can this morning. But in, in Mark chapter 13 and verse 23, it says this, but take heed, see, I have told you all things beforehand. So this is Jesus talking about, he's talking about, he says, but in those days, he's talking about the end times. After the tribulation, everybody say after. After. When when is this event happening? After what? The tribulation. The sun will be darkened. The moon will, will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So what we see in, is this cosmic event that is described by Mark. And, and by the way, as we look at different times it talks about this cosmic event, this same cosmic event, sometimes the writers will add a little bit of insight, a little bit more to what actually happens on that day when the cosmic event takes place. So it says these are the things that are going to happen. It says the sun is, is going to be darkened, first of all. The moon doesn't give its light. The stars of heaven are going to be falling. Say, how is that? Well, I've I've seen some pretty good meteor showers before, but somehow there's something tremendously uh, in the heavens that are happening um, that is described as the heavens falling, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So that's what it tells us right at the beginning. We're told, we're not told how the sun is darkened or why the moon doesn't give its light. Of course, the moon get, give its light from the, the, gets its light from the sun. Now, neither are we given the clarity of the stars falling and that kind of thing. But what we, what we are told in the next verse is that that cosmic event is going to happen then then they will see Jesus. Look at what it says in verse 26. This is the next verse down. Then, so you have, Jesus says, after the tribulation, then, after the tribulation, there's going to be this cosmic event. The sun will be darkened and so forth. And then he goes on and he says, then, everybody say then. That means next, right? They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. So then, after the great tribulation, the cosmic event, then you see the, the, the coming in the clouds, the great power of God. You see Jesus. You see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then, everybody say then. See, we're, we're, it, it's giving us sequence. We have, the great tri- we have the tribulation, after the tribulation, the stars, the sun darkened, moon, so forth, the stars falling. Then we see the Son of Man, we see Jesus coming. Then, then 
he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest part of earth to the farthest part of heaven. Farthest part of earth, farthest part of heaven. He's gathering. It's called the gathering. Some call it the, 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 uh, the taking. Others call it the rapture. Because then is what? He, he's gathering from where? From earth and from heaven. So what you notice is right away the landmark, the cosmic event, is starting to give us a clear time frame surrounding events. It is clear from the words of verse 24 that the cosmic event comes after the tribulation. And from verse 26 through 20 and 27, uses the word then twice, indicating the cosmic event comes before both the coming of the Lord and before the gathering together of the elect. That's what it says. Now, I'm just going to let the scripture speak here because I know that this will be different than some of you have been taught. And I have to tell you that those who have taught it differently, there are those who are my heroes. Some of them are just people I highly love and regard. But also, there are those who hold to the view of the end time scenario that is in alignment with, you know, I'm in alignment with, I should say, who I also highly regard. And they're famous preachers and teachers and evangelists throughout history. So both have this. And so don't get the idea that if your scenario is different and you go, yeah, but I know so-and-so teaches it that way and this one teaches that way. Well, there's just as many great men and women of God who have taught differently and do in that regard. I would also say this, that how you view in the end time scenario is not a, a, a major doctrine that is to, um, you know, determine whether you're a Christian or not. And it should not have any bearing on our fellowship with one another. Whether you view it one way or another, you just go, I hope, you know, I hope you're right. I hope I'm right. It doesn't matter because we're followers of Jesus together. And that's the most important thing. But I do believe that a fault, a, 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 that, that having the wrong view of this, the Bible talks about in the last days there's going to be a great falling away. And the reason for that great falling away, it's real clear in Scripture that there is going to be a rising up of an Antichrist and there is going to be supernatural miracles done. There's going to be a scenario that, um, that goes against Scripture, but it's deceiving. And I also believe that the scenario that many people believe is going to happen is not going to happen and many people who are weak in their faith will fall away because it didn't happen the way their pastor maybe told them it would happen. And because of that, having at least, even if you don't agree 
with this scenario. I believe the Bible is very clear here about even if you don't agree with that, at least you'll have it in the back of your head when your scenario doesn't work that there was another scenario. And that's coming down that road. Okay? I care about where we head. I really believe that Jesus is coming soon. And by the way, when he does, it will be the greatest day. Can I keep saying this over and over? It's going to be the greatest day of your life. You don't even know. You don't even know what is going to happen when Jesus comes back. How incredibly wonderful. You're going to have the biggest smile on your face. And it's never going to stop. That's the thing. It's going to be the greatest day. The greatest day of your life. So anyhow. Um, so, so Mark gives us this account. And he says there's this going to happen before this. And there's this is going to happen then and after, and then, and then. And so we get this picture. And I'm going to show you a chart, because I'm going to show you some charts this morning. Um, this is a chart. Uh, it, we just simply say it's a seven-year tribulation period, also called Daniel's 70th week. Most, pre, most um, um, premillennialists believe that there is going to be a seven-year period the Antichrist is going to reign three and a half years in the middle. He's going to, the abomination of desolation is going to take place. And he's going to be empowered by Satan. And then he's going to go all the way down to the end. And there's, the, there's a great battle called the Battle of Megiddo where armies come against Israel. Israel is the center of that. The armies of, of much of the world, at least the ten nation confederacy, comes against Israel. And then Jesus comes back back and destroys them in the valley and, uh, and sets up his kingdom for a thousand years. Now, that's the basic. Uh, so, um, you have this com cosmic event, but then something else takes place. Uh, I mean, sorry, you have the, the, the tribulation period. Then you have this cosmic event, and it comes when? According to what we just read. Just after... The tribulation. Didn't it say that? After the tribulation of those days. So the cosmic event comes after the tribulation. It says, so as we see in the chart, the cosmic event, event is sandwiched between the end of the tribulation and, as we will see, um, before the coming of the Lord. But I want you to look at Matthew 24. And uh, I'm going to we'll fulfill this one. Matthew 24 verse 29. Matthew does, gives us the same uh, story that Mark does. He's, he's doing the same portion. But Matthew adds this one other thing, give, you, give us a little bit more deeper insight to it. And he says this, immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. <clears throat> The moon will not give its light, and the, sun, uh, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Same as, as we just read in Mark. And he will, get, he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. He tells us how how the gathering is going to happen. 
Mark says he, he gathers, the angels gather. But, but Matthew adds, with a great sound of a trumpet. You want to say that? With a great sound of the trumpet. I want to get this in you. With a great sound of the trumpet. Because there is, the Bible is very clear that when the catching away happens, the gathering and the catching away, it happens at the great sound of a trumpet. There's a trumpet blow, is blown, and, uh, and Corinthians um, 15 says that it's the last trump. It's a la- at the last trump, the trump will sound, and the dead will be raised, and, and those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then shall we all... Always be with the Lord. Now, I want you to see that the cosmic event that Matthew is describing, that, you know, it's the same event as, as Mark talked about. It's the same cosmic event, but it, it tells us that, that there's going to be the, a trumpet sound, and, uh, and it's immediately... After the tribulation of those days, the trumpet is going to sound and the dead will be raised and so forth. So he's, he, he tells us, and this also is taking place. There's this great trumpet sound and, uh, and then there's the gathering of the elect. Now, um, so Matthew gives us this insight. The word immediately is what you think immediately means. Okay, ethios is the, the word and, uh, or the transliteration. And it actually is, it means soon, at once, immediately. So when does, well, what, when does immediately the cosmic event happen? At the right at the end, after, immediately after. So that seven-year period, immediately. So if you want to, you just go and put that line right at the end of the tribulation period. It's, it's right at the end. It's immediately after. No, the tribulation period. And, uh, and then Matthew also asked, adds in verse 30... Um, that it says that the, the, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Now I want you to see that. That, that Matthew says when, when the powers, when this happens, all the earth is mourning. Everybody's mourning when this happens. Why are they mourning? Now, if you have the scenario that the rapture will happen at any time, any moment. Um, by the way, the disciples didn't have that view. just want you to know. How do I know? Because there were things Jesus told them that had to take place. Like Jesus said, Peter was going to die. He told them, he told them Peter's going to die. So the disciples knew, as long as Peter's alive, 
Jesus isn't coming back. <laughs> right? Well, we knew, we knew, and there, there's a lot of reasons. There are a lot of things that God has said. But I just want you to know that the disciples did not believe that the rapture or the catching away would happen at any minute. Now, um, so I want you to see that this cosmic event is telling us that um, there's going to be this great mourning. So the cosmic event happens and the tribes of the earth are mourning. Why are they mourning? They know something is happening. They know something is about to take place immediately afterward. So take a look at the next chart. It said, well, actually, the one we did was the one that said immediately. So let's, uh, let's move on. So let's take a look at Luke's description. Luke 21, 24. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles. Now, what Jesus does is he gives them, he takes them from right after he is going to leave, there's going to be a time period of 70 A.D. Um, the city will be surrounded and captive, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles. And, and, the, and the Jews will be led away captive to all nations. We talked about that last week. That's what has happened, right, until 1948. And still, they're still scattered, but many of them have come back to, to, to this. And so he says... Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. So right now, we're still in the time of the Gentiles because Jerusalem is still trampled. It isn't fully given over to the Jewish nation yet. The Temple Mount is under the authority of uh, Muslim leadership and, uh, and, and Jordanian uh, authority. So um, that's, you know, that's where, where it is now. So we're, we're in this time called the time of the Gentiles. But look at verse 25, and it says, And there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and in the stars, and on earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. So this is the same cosmic event. Um, men's hearts, it says, failing them for fear. Luke gives us that, says, People's hearts, how, how terrified must you be if you're having a heart attack out of fear of what's coming? Because you know something's coming next. And that's what's going to happen. And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. I want you to know it will not be the Christian's heart who are failing for fear. We will be looking with in joyful expectation of the coming of the Lord. And so then it says, it says um, that the, this, this is going to happen. Now, let me just take a look at what is taking place in this scenario. Let me give you an over, over, over uh, just kind of a cover over some of the things we've said. Um, here's the sequence. Jews will be led astray captive into all nations. Jerusalem trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Then there will be signs, cosmic event. 
distress of nations, perplexity, waves warring, men's hearts failing them for fear and expectation of things coming, and the powers of heaven shaken. This is all happening in this cosmic event time period. Now look at how it looks, how it looks in the, um, this. So we have the cosmic event, and then what's, what's next? Do we have a next? We don't have a next. What we have is we have terror. There we go. We have, there is great terror, anxiousness, anxiety that is happening. When is it happening? After the tribulation. This is not anxiety about what's going, going into the tribulation. It's about what's happening after the tribulation. There is great anxiety, and, and the reason for that is, gonna, is very clear. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah talks about this way before Jesus did, right? Isaiah gives us an insight to this whole event as well. Verse 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 9. Behold, the days of the Lord comes, cruel with both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. Now, it says what? The day of the Lord. Now, I'm going to, well, if, if, depends on the time. I'm going to give a little bit more clarity to the day of the Lord. But I, let me just up front tell you this. There's a misunderstanding about the day of the Lord in, in some, uh, some teaching. I just will say it that way. That, that the day of the Lord, because the word day in the Hebrew can be interpreted like, um, like we would use like in my day. I'd say in my day. And you'd go, boy, that's a long time ago. In my day. Well, in my day would probably be the days in which I, you know, was a young person. And, and it was, it's not one day. It's, 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 uh, it's a time frame, the day. That is used very rarely and never used of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is never in that, it's the, because you always translate the word for day, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, as a day, one day. Unless, unless the context is obvious that it's not, that it's more, like I just said. If I, if I said, you know, there, one day I was uh, walking down the street, you'd go, Okay, that was the day I was walking down the street. If I say, you know, in my day, now you already know by the context that that's talking about not like one day, but, you know, a time frame. When it comes to the day of the Lord, it's always one day. In the 38 references directly of the day of the Lord. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute more. But anyhow, he says... Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, with both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he will destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light, the sun will, not, will be darkened uh, in its going forth, and the moon will not cause its light to shine. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked of their iniquity, and I will halt the arrogance of the proud, and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. So the cosmic event and the day of the Lord are somehow linked together. In this scripture, the day of the Lord is a day of judgment on the world 
and the wicked to halt, proud, to halt the proud and the terrible. Now we're going to unpack this a little bit more, but understand that the day of the Lord is after or at the end of the tribulation, which is which the cosmic event is immediately after the tribulation, and then there's the day of the Lord. Cosmic event, day of the Lord. Day of the Lord is punishment on the world. Joel opens and Joel gives us more insight. Joel chapter 3 verse 13 says, Put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. It's an interesting, interesting phrase because that phrase is found in the 14th chapter of the book of Revelation when, in which there is a harvest both of the the. Um, the, 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 those that are going into the winepress of the wrath of God and those who are going to be blessed, God's, God's fruit are going to be, in fact, um, released or brought forth. The, God is, is going to collect the, the believers. We find that. It says, for the winepress is full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great, the multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near. The day of the Lord, there it is, is near. So Joel says the same thing about the day of the Lord being near. In the valley of decision, the sun and the moon will grow dark, the stars will diminish their brightness. So we have the cosmic event. We have the day of the Lord is near. We have that there's going to be the sickle for the harvest is, is going to be coming and throwing them into the winepress of the wrath of God. The wrath of God has come. All this is coming at the end of the tribulation period when judgment is, is met out. So Joel gives the same scenario. Joel gives the same insight to us. And... Uh, and he describes the moon as turning into blood and so forth. And, uh, and we see this conclusion. Now we go to Acts. <clears throat> and uh, Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 2, verse 20. The, shun, the, the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So the problem, of course, is that there's going to be uh, a, a, a darkening of the moon and, and the sun at the same time. That means it can't be just an eclipse. You can't have a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse at the same time. So, um, so what is going to happen is supernatural. And this supernatural uh, occurrence in the heavens... It says that this is going to happen, and look at verse 31 of chapter 2 of Joel again. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before, everybody say before, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So this is going to happen. It's after the tribulation. It happens before the day of the Lord. Are you following me at all? have any clue of what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not losing you. I, I just want you to, it, 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 here's the simplicity of it. Tribulation, seven years. There is this cosmic event immediately 
after the tribulation. And then there is this day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord, we're seeing Jesus coming from heaven. And the elect are the gathering of the believers right, from one end of earth to other end of heaven are gathered with the trumpet sound and the voice of an angel calling us up. That's where it is. It's pretty simple in giving us the scenario of what the Bible says is going to happen. So, the day of the Lord cannot be, listen, if in fact, the tribulation comes before the cosmic event and then the day of the Lord comes after the cosmic event or simultaneously with the co- cosmic event. Then the day of the Lord, get this, cannot be the tribulation. Are you with me? If it, if, if it happens after tribulation, it can't be the tribulation. Now, so when you read the day of the Lord, many people will say, well, the day of the Lord is the tribulation period. It's not. It's not the tribulation period. It's after the tribulation period. This is plain reading of the scripture. To go into, you, you know, you can twist things and, Try to get, you can do whatever you want to try to make it different, but this is extremely clear and easy to see that this is exactly the way the Bible says it's going to happen. So let's look at the sequence. It shows that the cosmic event is immediately after the tribulation period. The cosmic event is before the coming of Christ on the clouds. The cosmic event is before Christ sends his angels with great sound of the trumpet and the gathering of elect and the four winds of heaven. Now, let's take a look at some of these charts we got going on here. We've got the cosmic event, then there's great terror, then the day of the Lord. We see that they all are happening right now. Then we see that it says Christ is seen coming. Okay? Then the next one is the sound of the trumpet and the elect gathered. This is all happening. This is all happening at the same time, most of these on the same exact day. And then I think there's one more. Is there another one coming here? <clears throat> okay. Is that it? No, yeah. Then the next one has to do with the day of wrath. Take a look at Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17. 12. I'm sorry, Revelation 6, 12 through 17. It says, look when we open the sixth seal. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by the mighty wind. What are we seeing? Well, we're seeing the cosmic event again. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Because something else happens during the cosmic event. There's a, a great earthquake. 
a great earthquake. In fact, if you look in the scripture, you want to you want to find something that is very helpful is take a look at the great earthquake through the book of Revelation. It's an alignment tool because it is it happens with the cosmic event. There's a great earthquake. And so the mountains and islands are moved out of their place. This great earthquake is going to split the Mount of Olives. Then, so it says, then the sky was received like a scroll as rolled up mountains and islands moved. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. Now, isn't this actually what we've just said? Their hearts are failing them for fear. They're hiding. They're, they're terrified. Terror is happening. Book of Revelation, John is writing what is happening during the tribulation period. And he comes to this point and he tells us that this cosmic event happens and then Men are hiding. What are they hiding from? The wrath of the Lamb. Because verse 17 says, For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? This is the great, what day? The day of his wrath is coming. So the location of the cosmic event is extremely important. Because this cosmic event also helps us, for those of you who are, you know, you love the, the prophecy in the book of Revelation, the cosmic event helps us to outline the order of the book of Revelation. Where is this cosmic event? Well, this cosmic event is, is found in the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, not the 21st chapter. It, 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 the cosmic event ends at the sealed judgments, or I, I'm saying shows up at the end of the sealed judgments. The great earthquake and the cosmic event also shows up at the end of the trumpet judgments. And the cosmic event, or at least the, the, the great earthquake or descript, partial description of it, also is found at the end of the bull judgments, the wrath judgments. What that means is this. The book of Revelation is not written sequentially. And this is where people get, get it wrong. And you look at it, and why do people have a hard time because, with the book of Revelation? Because it sequentially does not make sense. And so you hear people say, I'm going to teach you the book of Revelation. It's gonna be, you're you're going to get it. You're, you're going to understand. It's very simple. And then they go through it, and you go, well, the time frames don't work. It doesn't fit. It doesn't. The reason for that is because it's not written sequentially. It's written like every other prophetic book. The book of Daniel is not written sequentially. What you'll have is you'll have God giving his perspective of what's going on, and he'll give the earthly perspective of what's going on, and there'll be the same time period, but two different, but two different ways of looking at it. What we have is we have three different sets of judgments that are actually all three of them are the same, but looked at from a different perspective, from God's perspective, from human perspective, and from 
um, the, the perspective of what's going on in the spiritual realm. Now, I don't have time to go through that, but, the, but the, this cosmic event is giving us that insight. You would not get that. If, you, if, if this was found only in the 20, you know, at the end of the tribulation, at the end of the book of Revelation, you would think that the book of Revelation is sequential, but it's not. It's found, we know it's after the tribulation, yet it's in the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation. So it really gives us insight, and some of you aren't getting that, but it's not important. What's important is you're getting the sequence of what's going on. This is the way prophecy works. So the, the, the last verse adds this fearful cry from the people on earth. The great day of God's wrath has come. So much is, is in all of that. The day of God's wrath, this cosmic event that is going to take place. It looks like there's a great earthquake at the cosmic event. There's great fear crying out. Uh, to us, uh, to, to, uh, from the people, um, who, and to him, for him that sits on the throne, and the great day of the wrath has come. So, the cosmic event can be described. So, this cosmic event happens after the tribulation, before the day of the Lord. The conclusion, the tribulation, and the day of the Lord are not the same. And so. What I wanted to do, and I'm going to stop right here, is I wanted to take time to talk about the day of the Lord and how it fits. And that's another 10 pages, and we're done already. So what, what I'm going to do, for those that are interested, I'm going to give us the, the end of this on Wednesday night. And so uh, come Wednesday night and hear about how... Uh, we're going to use, we even have, we have more charts that really kind of line things up for us. And we'll be able to see exactly where, and it's indisputable. In my, it, you know, I, I don't think you can argue the point contrary to this. And you might say, well, he, the, the return of the Lord or the, you know, we have the, the resurrection is different than, than the rapture. Or we have two resurrections. No, we don't. There is, there is the first resurrection. And in that resurrection, Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That's a euphemism for die. We're not all going to die, he says. We will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. The trump will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's repeated by Paul in, um, in, in Thessalonians. The dead rise first. What is that? It's called the resurrection. The dead rise first. And then those of us who remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the sky so that we shall ever be with the Lord. What a wonderful thing that we look forward to. But I want to 
answer the question, why do we meet the Lord in the sky? Why not just meet him in heaven? Do we have to be ushered to heaven? Why do we have to meet him in the sky? Because, see, Jesus is coming down at the day of the resurrection, and he's going to destroy the armies of the earth that have come against Israel in the Valley of Megiddo. That's why the people are fearful and hiding. They see, you know, he's coming. And when he's coming, there's a cry of the archangel, and the dead in Christ rise first, and we rise to meet the Lord in the air. Say, why do we have to do that? Because that's the gathering point. The gathering point is in the air. As Jesus is coming, with, he's coming with the armies. He's coming from those, remember it says, he, the, he will gather from the far ends of heaven and the far ends of earth. That's the gathering together. We meet together as Jesus is coming down. And there's so much that's unpacked in that. The important thing, though, is this. It's going to happen soon. I believe that. I am so convinced that it is going to happen soon. And, uh, and the greatest day of our life is around the corner. I want you to just anticipate that. Can I take some of the fear out? Some of you think the tribulation period is worldwide. It isn't. It isn't. Some things are. Most of it isn't. Most, most of it's local in the in the in the Antichrist kingdom. Can, can I can I take some of the fear out? It's not really seven years of great tribulation. It's three and a half. Can you handle three and a half years? All right. Can you handle that? I mean, Jesus will make sure you do. You can handle three and a half years with God's help, no matter what happens. And the point, whether we go to meet the Lord in the air first, we can be in the first crew or the second crew. First crew are those who have died. You get to go first, right? If you've died, you get to go first. And the second crew, it's those who are alive. I'm all for being in the live crew, but, you know, the dead crew isn't too bad either. We go to meet the Lord in the air. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you for your many, many blessings to us, all of us. Um, Lord, someday, it is our hope. Our hope is that someday we'll see you face to face. And, uh, Lord, you've made that an assurance to us, a confidence and so, Lord, I, I'm not expecting to change the minds of everybody here into seeing it the way, you know, I do and many others have. Uh, it really doesn't matter. We're all, one way or the other, we're all who are followers of you going to meet you someday and we'll be gathered together with you. And I pray for those who aren't ready. Whether you're here or if you're watching online, if you're, you're not ready for the coming of the Lord, you better be. He's coming back. We read about the fact that there are going to be great terror at the coming of the Lord.
judgment is coming. But there's also great joy for those who are waiting for their love, the love of their life, Jesus Christ. And if you've not opened your heart to him, I invite you just to do that right now. Repent. Turn from your sin. Ask God to forgive you of your sin. He'll help you. Invite Jesus to be your Savior. And say to the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus, come into my life. I choose to surrender my life to you. I ask you to help me to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as we close in worship? Shout out to 
Won't be quiet. 